up a seat at the bar to join us for another episode of McAnally's Pubcast, a podcast exploring the fun and fantastical mind of Jim Butcher's The Dresden File series. Host Tanzan, Maggie, and me bring you another round of literary analysis on this immense, immersive, and colorful environment inhabited by Harry Dresden, the world's only licensed private investigator and professional wizard. Join an active and engaged community of new and die-hard dedicated fans focused on the fabulous themes, theories, characters, context, lore, and more. This is McAnally's Dresden Files podcast by Free Flow Rambling. Conjure by it at your own risk. Welcome to the McAnally's podcast brought to you by Free Flow Rambling. This is episode 12.16, Murphy, Warrior Princess. Where we are covering the novel Blood Rites. My name is Tanzan. I'm joined by Maggie. Hello, hello. And Jess. Listen, here's the thing. Can't spot the sucker in the first half hour of sitting at the table, then you are the sucker. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Happy belated Hanukkah. Happy holidays to you. <laughs> Chapter 22. Dresden returns to his home, finding his wards tampered with. He has a disappointing meeting with Bob before he sends him back out for the search for the Black Court vampires. Harry's had an um, interesting evening the night before. Morning? I guess morning. Extremely early morning. Extremely early morning, because he was going to leave pre-dawn. And then 5 a.m. is not and then the his time. his brother talks him out of it. What? Crazy. 5 a.m. is not really the time to be getting a brother. Well, I'm sure there's lots of mothers out there that would disagree. <laughs> I think there's lots of babies like, in opportune times. Yeah, well, you know. Makes things extra emotional, really. <laughs> right? I haven't you, had a good night's sleep. I can't handle this right now. You're busy fighting monsters and curses, and yeah, a couple hours of sleep, and your almost sort of friend ate his girlfriend, and then you find out that sort of almost friend is actually your brother. Ugh, yeah. And that's all you've ever wanted in the world is family, man. Like, you just really wanted it. And he ate his girlfriend. I just, oh, it's so much to deal with. <laughs> yeah, but he's his brother, so it's okay now. <laughs> so I couldn't figure out when he leaves why he went to McDonald's. And then now, now that makes sense. If it's pre-dawn, I'm like, oh, Burger King's not open yet. I was like, it's so off-brand for Harry. Oh, yeah. Wow. He, he does occasionally, yeah. Gotta get that McGriddle. I, I, yeah, right. <laughs> Although it's also probably not feeling like much of a king right now. <laughs> And we don't know, it doesn't say he got food, just as he went to McDonald's. So it could have been just coffee. Because he does go for breakfast shortly, too. And I mean, yeah, he's a dude, so he could have had McDonald's breakfast and then gone for breakfast breakfast, but... I don't mind McDonald's breakfasts. That's the one thing I don't actually feel horribly guilty over when I have it. Yeah. I should, but I don't. I really don't think I've ordered anything from McDonald's for breakfast since I was like five eating their pancakes. I don't think you can anyway. I, can, I can't now, but even when I could, I did not eat McDonald's for breakfast. I much preferred. No, well, I didn't. I, didn't I, I, I just like hash browns, I guess I eat. Hash browns, yeah. You should and go to Tim Hortons and eat donuts for breakfast, though. <laughs> what was that episode titled? Donuts are not breakfast food? <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> They're really not. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I still disagree. Dude. <laughs> Agree to disagree on that. <laughs> this is why I make the titles. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't 
even ask us. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> Harry gets back to his apartment and finds out that people have been trying to, or I say people, probably not things, people, as things. he puts it, someone or something, have been trying to break past his defenses. Something went bump in the night into his ward. M- many, many times. Bump. And it's a little bump. bit disappointing because, yeah, you, first you just, he says there's like this kind of black greasy spot and you're like, oh, someone stayed out too late and got poofed. And then he's like, hmm, there's a whole bunch. Someone, and then you're like, oh, it was just like a temps. Or even you think just walking into his barriers would just instantly poof you as though it was sunlight. They're throwing Maybe. tomatoes at it. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, but again, it doesn't feel like, you know, Mama brought a whole bunch to just sit there and like walk all her nope. little minions into the thing to just keep having them go. She's poof, kind poof, of an poof. asshole. She might. She kind of is, but it's like at regular intervals Owls. and everything. She, like, I don't know. Maybe she just, yeah. <laughs> try that. Try that. One inch to the left. Okay, go. Just 15 of them rushed All at right. once. Who has failed me the most this week? <laughs> you, you, you stand in line walk towards. It's like walking the plank. <laughs> right. Forward, forward, forward. Ah, he didn't die. That's disappointing. Okay, you. Two feet to his left. Go. <laughs> <laughs> But Mr. has been waiting for him, too, who just also happens to have a, a bob on him. <laughs> a bob on him? In him? In him? No, oh, it's hard to tell. It's it's a parasite. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, no, he has to be in him again now, because that's why he sent him out in Mr. in the first place was his protection. So since now he waited until it was dawn to go home, he's got to be, he can't be riding on like Mr. or anything like that. He could have been he's doing that. possessed the cat. He could have been doing that in the midnight hours. <laughs> being like, like this glowing collar. <laughs> little like cowboy Bob on the back of Mr. So Harry goes in and is like, let's figure it out. Let's, let's, so, so what news do you have for me, Bob? Because I sent you out on like to do this really big important thing and, and find this lair for me. Yeah, well, after I have to ego stroke him a bit to even just get answers first. <laughs> you take all the fun out of it, Harry. <laughs> This is a question, though, because could Bob have been riding around on Mr.? Could Bob have been fucking around and not done what Harry told him to do? Because Never. Bob is a complete and total professional at all times. See, this. I was thinking about this. When we <laughs> find out that Bob has been going to like the strip clubs instead. <gasps> he didn't. And, and I was like, maybe that actually makes sense because of... Arturo, but at the same time, he was looking for the vampires. Like, is that the is that Bob's automatic assumption that they're completely related? No, Bob just wants to fuck around and go look at naked girls. Or is that the case? That's exactly the case. You have permission to take Mister on the town after the sun rises. Be back by sundown, is what he says. As when he like sends him out, the official, I guess, like send out. But before that, he says, "Focus, just find Mavra's hiding place. I'll be back from the job before sunrise, sundown, if I can." So. It's very confusing. Well, I just like, shouldn't Bob be beholden to the more letter of the law than he apparently was? I think so. But I think, again, this comes in with the whole thing of manipulating a little. If if Bob believes that he really, you know what I mean? Like, he, Harry's, er, Bob is not a fairy. It's not about finding loop. I mean, Bob just in and of himself can be a dick, obviously. Uh, yeah, no. he is a little bit because he's this air spirit. He falls more under fate. But he is an assistant to a wizard. Like, that's his job title. He's a spirit of knowledge. His whole thing is, I work for Harry Dresden. I am beholden to do what Harry Dresden says. 
you think he was pulling this shit? And I also say this with the point that we know spirits of knowledge do take on the personality but we of don't. their I was master. Make this point, but I don't think we know that so much yet. So I don't know if it matters if we discuss that or not because we I haven't think really it's not seen that big of a spoiler yet. We're, we haven't okay. talked about who his previous masters are, so it's not that big of a spoiler about who the other okay. personalities could be. But I still feel like you think he was pulling this shit with Justin Dumorn, who we do know he came from. And this, I think, is exactly it, is that is a lot of my point is that they do. So because Harry's a bit of a wise ass and therefore Bob gets to be a bit of a wise ass, he wouldn't necessarily have done it or, quote unquote, be able to do it with other because that's not in their personality. That's not in their their framework, right? He gets a little bit more leniency with Harry because Harry's a little bit of a more lenient guy. So Harry's like the best boss in the world because it's like this dude breaks his deals all the time so now i get to break my deals all the time that's awesome pretty yeah to a to a degree right like, my teacher grabs the claw hammer <laughs> well yeah but this is the thing is so right i mean my teacher's always five minutes late to class so i always get to be four minutes late to class yeah pretty much right so bob is like again he's like well i could justify it in the fact that exactly you're working on a lot of these girls work as dancers so i was also helping support your case by checking to make sure they were right totally a teenager trying so, to convince mom why is. you so like he, got to be out past curfew. exactly so he's twisting it a little but he didn't out and out break right and this is yeah where harry gets sometimes you know where other times he make sure to be a lot more specific and not let him have any wiggle room because give him an inch he will take a mile every single time that's bob right so yeah he he and that's just what he told them what he didn't tell them (laughs) so much other yeah well there could have been so much other but you also know he definitely took just ignore the fact that there were orgies at these strip clubs while he was there (laughs) dude was supposed to have like 10 hours and he got away with like 15 <laughs> right because harry didn't make it up see this is the other thing too is is that you know because in whatever the last book when he sent him out and told him that right so we know he couldn't have instigated any orgies this time because harry made that really clear never again so he's like, see i just i went to the strip clubs but i didn't actually like manipulate anybody there so see boss i am totally following your rules How does nobody notice in a strip cu- club this, this re- overly large cat just wandering around right yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess. <laughs> not I what know. I'm paid for. They're supposed to be dark in there, right? And like, I, you know. Maybe maybe everyone's just as like, oh, cool. This is the family like bar cat here. I'm sure Bob makes it even more spry than even a regular cat is. <laughs> We're scaling sides of buildings. It's just fine. Gets- <laughs> Mr. to wait outside and in the alley where he like floats around in. Well, I was going to say, like he easily could like slip in a door or something when somebody's coming in. And at the same time, I'm like, it's one of two ways. Either you're going to have all those people that are like, oh, cat, cool. And just like, or they're going to be like, oh, I'm not fucking messing with this thing. It's like a fucking link. So I'm not putting it out. You put it out. <laughs> There's that whole, you know, health, health laws, you know, animals and, and yeah, establishments know, that serve again, alcohol and food. Again, how many, we've got to figure that Chicago being a very large place with a very large population, that there's got to be a lot of Club. So he wasn't they necessary. just assume it's a large rat. <laughs> they're like, no, we're keeping it rat-free. Damn, they're getting real see, big. See, they're all glad to see the cat because now they know there aren't any rats in there, right? But I'm sure he didn't have to spend very long in each one to make it around to like all of them in a few hours. So, no, you're you know. right. I'm sure Bob spent 10 seconds in the mall and was like, clear, clear, clear. I'm just saying for anybody to really start noticing there's this cat. I mean, again, they are dark places. You know, I've been, I haven't been to a lot of strip clubs, but I have been to a lot of like bars and nightclubs. So, you know, I'm like, I 
can give her. I, I assume that it probably would take a bit to notice a cat in amongst there if they were. Do you find it almost suspicious how every episode she goes like, "No, I'm not watching porn. Or I don't really yeah. engage, and I don't go to that many strip." Like she goes to far <laughs> lengths to be like, "This has nothing to do with me." But from what I've heard, I remember one Christmas party. <laughs> well, I don't. I don't keep it to yourself. I didn't say I had never been. I don't want to know. I don't want to know. Oh, and I mean, I'm not even telling you what yeah, happened. That's <laughs> Harry decides, fuck waiting till nighttime, Bob. You've got a job to do, and you're going to do it now. Grab Mr. again. Poor Mr. This is what I'm thinking. I'm like, maybe he's not dying. Like, cat's <laughs> supposed to sleep like 20 hours a day. He's just been out all night anyway. The average is 16 hours for cats. Yeah. And he deserves a steak for this. And uh, Or, like, I, I a mean. A can of Coke and a steak. Right. Right. Or, like, make a union, man. Like, <laughs> you, you and the cat bus from Totoro. Like, we've already discussed before whether or not Mr. would like being possessed or not. And we came to the conclusion that he's probably pretty chill about it. He gets to see things he doesn't well, get yeah, to normally see. Harry said he seems to kind of like it. So. But, yeah, really, two minutes of rest at home, and he has spent two minutes with a puppy on the end, lying on yeah, his stub tail. I was tail. just going to say, he comes home, and this fucking dog is still here, which he's not impressed about. And he's just getting ready to curl up and nap. And it's like, oh, no, Bob fucked up. You got to go back up. Mr.'s like, what? Like, Bob's like, I'm tired. I don't want to go. What about Mr.? Mr.'s probably exhausted. See, on the one hand, I'd like to believe that Mr. could just, like, shut off his mind. Like, yeah, his body's getting exhausted, but he doesn't really have to think or do anything. That's Bob's job, right? So maybe he he's still trying to, like... He can sort of in the background. News in the background. But on the other hand, I also like to think that Mr. communicating with Bob the whole time, being like, Harry's going to be mad. Yeah. He's not going to be happy. It's fine. It's fine. Trust me. I'm supposed to be gnawing on vampire ears right now, and the dog's getting all the good ones. (laughs) (laughs) And we're looking at strippers right now. (laughs) Mr., you know, he's like, when you said we were going to go find a lot of pussies, Bob, this is (laughs) (laughs) Poor, poor Mr. What's the joke there? That he's a cat and would like to go see pussies, but they're going to go to a strip club and see human vaginas, and the cat's not going to be as impressed. I was trying to think of in what idiom does a vampire mean pussy? (laughs) Oh, Oh, God, no. Uh Okay. No, the cat. There's an actual term for that, that... uh... There's a there's a fear. It's, it's a of, certain fear. I feel like is, this has come up there, before. There is a fear of, of of vaginas having teeth. This is something I feel like you've brought up before because this rings. I can't a remember bell. what it's called now. But no, I don't know. Jess is gonna find out. I, yeah, because there is a legitimate fear. <laughs> Interesting. Right. Vagina dentata, Latin for tooth vagina, describes a folktale in which a woman's vagina is said to contain teeth. Maybe that's why. Maybe I heard it on like the Spirits podcast or something with some of their. They do the myths and lore and a vagina dentata. Dentata. <laughs> Sounds so dignified. <laughs> don't say you don't learn anything here, folks. Remember that forever. <laughs> Remember when we said you know we'll be quizzing you. We're gonna like dig into the lore and all the back. Dentata, 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 But you never thought that would come up. <laughs> Finds out that yeah, Bob fucked around. And this is, so yeah, he starts getting the uh, the hammer out. And my version has another fun little little quirk here. I don't know if any of y'all caught it. I'm going to say no, because you almost never catch these things when you're... I studied that chapter for four hours. I have no idea what you're talking about. So he says, You'll be glad to know that every exotic dancer in Chicago is alive and well, safeguarded by your friendly neighborhood spirit. <laughs> say, Harry, that is quite the homicidal gleam in your eye. I took off my coat and looked around the lab until I picked up my claw hammer. Until I lo- located my claw hammer and picked it up. 
Bob's voice goes on. Ha ha, you know, ba 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 ba, ha ha ha. He's like, I took a practice swing with the hammer. And took my coat off again. I took my duster off, folded it, laid it over the table, and tried again. So yeah. Huh. But I'm like, again, I get it. These things happen. But I'm like, again, in the layers of editing, it always surprises me when these things... Because again, it's not even like it's a page and a half later where you've forgotten. I'm like, there's literally like a few sentences in between. Like a practice <laughs> Do you have two jackets on? Yeah. Yes. This is, this is, he had his jean jacket on over a, his duster. He's referring to he had a Hawaiian shirt as a jacket. A rain jacket, because you never know what kind of blood's going to be splattered at you at any point in time. This so is, now. See, and in previous books, okay, but we know he's finally inspelled the duster. So that shit's got its rainproof, waterproof, magic proof, blood proof coating on it now. <laughs> But yeah. Anyways, just again, one of those fun little quirks. I was like, wait, didn't he? he?" Oh, yeah, yeah, he did. Right. So yeah, for some reason. I overlooked that. Yeah, that's okay. Because I like finding those little funny things and picking at them. Yeah. Uh, Get your ass back out there. (laughs) Go find me, Mavra. Yeah, and the the, the chapter sort of wraps up after he sent out the the cat again and Bob. Dresser sort of contemplates this new feeling of worry that he now has because he's got a brother and he does the most disgusting thing on earth and chews some aspirin and contemplates the rock in a hard place he's in. Surprise, surprise. Surprise, surprise. He's another awkward place. New injuries, the curse, the black court vamps, and finding money for the merc. Yeah. Yuck. Yeah, he's got a few things on his plate. Like how he ties Darkman. I like how Harry sort of points this out like almost once per book or every couple of books where he's like, I just swallowed the aspirin. I just chewed up the aspirin. I heard it's battery. You can take meds like that. I hear it's battery. You can take meds like that. I hear it's battery. I'm like, okay, we get it, Harry. You're a badass. What it does you, is it, it actually, uh, when you chew painkillers, it it releases, it's the, the time release is gone. Yeah, you're, you're yeah. skipping and it, it. And it goes into your bloodstream much faster. I know, but it's still just the fact that, you know, exactly. He's not just like trying to hide it or do. He's always like, that is all I do. I am so used to pain and misery. I just chew on aspirin. And and from Butcher, it's just for that, you know, chill. That, that, yeah, pretty. That, uh, I had, well, I forget which one it was now, but Let I had one. Let me crawl. <laughs> yeah. It guess ha- it worked. It had like no coating or anything on it. And it was literally, I would have to like drop it to the back of my throat to swallow it because if it touched like the t- like it just would instantly start to melt and stick and it was just disgustingly it's yeah it was like the worst tasting thing ever in the world so it was always like you had to make sure you had like a big mouthful of, of water or whatever and like drop it right down so that it didn't touch any part of your mouth that would or it, it come into any contact with taste buds anywhere so cheese up and starts prioritizing his issues <laughs> what I- do you think sunrises in Chicago, October. What's the time? October? Late when? October. Not what? When? Because I, I know what this is before daylight is. savings time is hit. Assuming that they, they have that, I think. Seven? Six? Six? Haven't we established that Chicago's like an hour off from us or something like that? Well, what time their sunrise is in their local time? Like- yeah, but we just shortly went through that. This is in November, so the sun was coming up like... It's six-ish, seven-ish. Roughly six to 6.30 a.m. Okay. Yeah. So pre-dawn, he left about 5 at 30, say? You know, he waited until after pre-dawn. Oh. Yeah, that, that was okay. what it, he Initially, he was going to go pre-dawn, and he waited until the pre-dawn gloom had become full, dismal, rainy morning. Okay. Because Thomas is all like, there's vampires, they're going to eat you. And he's so like, you think okay. he actually left at like 6, 6.30? So yeah, let's say 6.30 or something, sure. Okay. I'll, say, I'll say 6, but half an hour worth of transit time to get from hit, from the Wraith place yeah, to Outside the- of the city, yeah. stop at McDonald's, get home. Yeah. Maybe you were even at seven now. Yeah, six thirty-seven. I think that's okay. That's sure. Right. And this is still accurate. He says it's not even mid-morning yet. Which is fair. Mid-morning's like nine. Yeah. Right. 
Okay. Okay. Let's just keep with that. Continue. All right. So future, when is sunrise? Not what. <laughs> I know what sunrise is, but what time do you suppose sunrise is at? Is what I said. Now, you said, what is sunrise to you? And I'm like, when the sun comes up, that's what sunrise is. Anyways. It's very picky. It is very picky because she threw me. You knew what she meant, though. Not until she clarified more. Oh, I did. I know well, what she meant. Well, you're not a critical thinker. Tanzan is. <laughs> I'd, I'd hardly go that far. <laughs> I just said it. Immortalized. <laughs> Yikes. Thank you to our Patreon subscribers for your generous support. It's people like you who help us to do what we do. If you're not yet a Patreon subscriber, sign up today and get a fuck ton of bonus content, kick-ass merch, behind-the-scenes outtakes, and more. Sign up today at www.patreon.com slash freeflowrambling. Chapter 23 Dresden, Murphy, and Kincaid discuss the details of the upcoming attack on the Black Court vampires. When dropping Murphy off afterwards, Dresden makes a connection that the attacks are happening at 13 minutes to noon or midnight. Dresden goes to see Murphy at Chicago PD. And I gotta say, from this first passage, sometimes Murphy gives me such queer vibes. (laughs) Especially with this description of her and her motorcycle, I'm like, oh, wow. (laughs) She's just appealing to all... I know he goes on to say all women like motorcycles, but no, no. this is just like yeah, super yeah, Actually, butch. no. What does he go on to say about? <laughs> They're just basically giant vibrators. He says that to her face. That's why. Whereas on a phone call, <laughs> not to her face, couldn't even say the word boobs. Wouldn't say it to Right. But now he can imply that she just rides around on a giant vibrator all day long. Yeah. He's a very complex man. Clearly. <laughs> like, Murphy's my best friend, but she's still like a girl. Can't say breasts. God, I can't say fake breasts to her, but I can't imply the sexual preferences of everyone on the world to her. Yeah. So, I mean, he, he's uncomfortable saying like the word penis and he just refers to it as like, you know. I don't know. I don't think we've ever heard his Harry dingle. refer to one ever. <laughs> I hope not. No, 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 no. My wand. His staff. My staff. That's his staff. <laughs> Blasting rod number one. <laughs> Still relying on the old phallic foci. <laughs> what can I say? It makes me feel all manly. His men's dick. <laughs> <laughs> this, oh God. this is my blasting rod. <laughs> this episode, <or> the, <laughs> this book is just the, bringing out the worst. <laughs> or best, I'm not sure. Can't imagine on your, why. On your opinion. <laughs> so I was going to say, it's not even the horniest book because Harry doesn't get any, but I guess everybody else is around him. <laughs> Just the professionals. <laughs> There's no amateur lovemaking in this whole thing. <laughs> it's like, you're, you're not getting sex in this book unless you're paid to. <laughs> so yeah, so she thinks he looks a little off. And again, with so much happening in between, it's like you almost sort of forget like, oh yeah, that was just last night that you... But she's like, that's that's not... that's that, This isn't your I just got beat up look. Like, there's something else. I've <laughs> yeah. seen the shit kicked out of you before. This is different. This is different. Yeah. And then he's all, I found out something, but I'm not really ready to talk to you about it. So she's like, okay, cool. And then just, I guess, stands there and stares at him until he goes, okay, am I a family? And then she's like, oh, I don't want to pry. So okay, we don't have to talk about this now. <laughs> I sort of figured that the first time when he's like, I, I, there is something that happened, but I don't want to talk about it right now. And then he instantly caves. So he's like, yeah, I didn't want to go into details, but he like instantly is Murphy like, is so restrained. I'd be like, what the fuck? <laughs> you? Right. After- Orphan Harry Dresden? After. <laughs> Orphan Harry? Yeah. Ugh. 
but that's okay. He's he's put it out there, so now she knows. She's like, okay, I'm, I'm waiting for this. Now I, mm-hmm. I got bigger things to discuss, okay. like the International House of Pancakes, right? Best breakfast place ever. Yeah, her hips hate him. <laughs> But she's, they get all cagey because she's like, you got time for breakfast? And she like glances at the security camera. I'm like, that's not going to work. He's upset. He's magical and he's upset. That security camera is showing <laughs> static. <laughs> no kidding. Well, because I guess it depends, right? Because if they're far enough away in the parking lot that it's not really, it's like, how good are the the microphones on these things? Like, they're not going to reach that far. It shows self-restraint that he didn't just destroy it immediately and was like, oh. okay, euphemism time. Well, he doesn't always. I mean, you know. But Murphy, he could. Murphy wouldn't be happy with him if he kept going, blowing out the police. I don't Screw your text The cameras have audio anyway, really. Like, especially that time frame. Well, I guess Murphy's indicating that it does, though. Or I don't this know. They, I think does. there's legalities for that too. You're they're not supposed prof- to have sound. They're professional yeah. but if you're police lip readers that are they're on private property right now. You can do whatever the fuck you want. Mm-hmm. Gonna say if you're gonna stand yeah. in the police parking lot and talk about parking. nefarious illegal business, I feel that yeah. You know, people always say to go and do your marketplace Kijiji Craigslist trades in the police parking lot. So you don't get scammed or anything like that, yeah. right? I've heard public places, not so much specifically the police lot, but make sense too. I guess, eh? So like, yeah, they're says, making sure like no one's selling cocaine in our lot. <laughs> says my daughter, she sends them to me to random strangers' houses in like tiny towns. That's with safe. I didn't go all by myself. That's you right. went you with said, a four-year-old. That's right. It was my you had backup <laughs> and a dog. So if you're ever on a road, for an yourself, elderly, elderly dog. <laughs> Yeah, who lets everybody into the house and is such pet me? <laughs> yeah, I was safe. If, if you're ever on a road trip, don't actually stop at rest stops to sleep. That's like number one assault place. Yeah, nice. I always used to stop off in hotel parking lots or church parking lots. You know what I do? I drive until I'm falling asleep at the wheel, and I'm like, no, just a little bit further until you find a truck stop. Just a little bit further until you find, and then I don't come across one, so I just pull over randomly on the side of the highway and I fall asleep. It's probably safer than a truck stop. And then I wake up and I start driving again, and I see the truck stop one second later and i'm like are you kidding me every single goddamn fucking time always always i've had that happen so many times too here's what's weird it was saturday morning i hopped 7 30 8 a.m now at this point to drive to the police precinct and then drive to ihop okay and ihop is not packed i have never in my life i don't care if i've been to ihop in the morning or the afternoon ihop has never had a free seat in the universe right this is harry's point and and yeah they they call it they say this is weird so weird and all because Kincaid is there being a scary guy who asked for a little bit of privacy? First of all, IHOP's not the kind of place that's going to have a privacy window thing to pull out. That's weird, okay? Mm, no, I mean, he does say it is just like Ritzy, an accordion yeah, screen thing. Ritzy restaurants, I could see, be like, oh, sure, here, we'll partition off a section for you. IHOP is going to be like, no, okay, it's fucking you. IHOP. Yeah, no, no, no. Ritzy restaurants are going to have like a private room area. They're not going to have a fucking accordion door. Yes, Denny's IHOP, yes, because maybe you want to book that dinner party with your friends or that kid's birthday party. And yet yeah, this is their shitty, let me separate you from the rest of the restaurant kind of. That does not seem that weird to me to have that. Seems weird to me. But yeah, it is interesting that... I've seen that this section is closed, son, but not necessarily an accordion. I think it's funnier to imagine that Kincaid brought his own and just set it up <laughs> on his table. This is why everyone's like, hey, I was like, this no one's sitting at these three tables, okay? <laughs> but that's the thing. He's just giving off these vibes. Because you're right, it is a little bit. Weird. But at the same time... Especially like, he's already there. Well, and people like, say, like, you go to Denny's for a drug deal, okay? You go to IHOP for, like, a family breakfast. So it's just, like... 
IHOP. I'm sure there's been plenty of drug deals. Not that I've ever been to an IHOP that had a drug no, deal. No, you haven't been? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's interesting because Kincaid has even managed to get them to, like, turn off the radio. There's, like, not even any background noise or anything, and everybody just finds this really weird and creepy and is, like, eating in silence. Which, in all fairness, I probably kind of would, too. I assume that this is, like, a suspicion of, of Kincaid being, having access to magic to manipulate things. Whether he's magical or if he's got, you know, well, again, something it, made for him. At least he's sending out those vibes or something. Because I don't know that he's doing anything overt, you know. But again, it just seems that he's sort of, again, creepy enough or like well, uh, off-putting enough that... Harry mentions that certain supernatural creatures, like people just naturally tend to avoid vampires. They'll just turn away and walk in the other direction or... Avoid them at the grocery store or whatever the hell. You just run into monsters and people have a natural inclination and just don't like those vibes and not going near it. Right? Like when you're sitting in the car at night and you swear there's like 40 axe murderers staring at you. <laughs> you just get that vibe and you're like, we need to move on. So. And I still just sort of assume that Kincaid's using something magical, especially since at the end of the chapter when they walk away, Harry feels that tingle. Like, ooh. Which made me think. Could be. Maybe. I just got more just, yeah. Just like I put a spell vibes. on you. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, whatever it is, they're kind of, and yeah, Murphy's just kind of like, is something wrong? And then Kincaid pops up and it's like, yo, peeps, over here. So they're like, go for the little private IHOP meeting. I wonder what each of them ordered. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, Dresden has sausage. Or somebody has sausage. um, There's a reference to sausage here. Somebody pushed it around. Yeah, Kincaid does. And he's also like the the scraping as he's cutting like his ham and eggs or whatever. So he got like the, I don't know what it's about, like the the lumberjack or something with like sausage and ham and eggs. And Harry, we know, got pancakes because he was all over and we don't know about Murphy. But regardless, you have totally ghosted over an amazing moment. Well, yeah. It happens well before they order their breakfast. Back up to that. Yeah. The introduction of... Murphy and Kincaid. Right. I thought this was business. Why'd you bring a date? <laughs> Come here and say that to my face, asshole. I like that Kincaid is wearing a black cap. I'm like, at least he never trusted a guy with a black hat. Is that? <laughs> he's, just, he's all in very muted, subdued tones. He's just got a ponytail and his, his ball cap on. I feel it's very like sport jacket and ball cap kind of. Was that a very like 90s sort of? <laughs> 90s serial killer. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> right? Like, Unabomber? I don't know. No, that, that was hoodie. Okay. <laughs> so they go back and forth for a bit, and it's legitimately good insults. I like the, like, Kincaid got some good liners, like, oh, why don't you run and grab a high chair? Yeah. This doesn't need to get ugly. This is where the big boys play. Go watch your Zenith, uh, blah, blah, blah. Well, let alone the names that he calls but her, he, too. Well, he ups it at the end, and he's like, get out of here, whore. And it's like, whoa, what the hell, man? Escalated quickly. So rude. See, I totally forgot about this moment, too. So when I was reading it, I was like, I don't remember him being such an asshole. Total asshole. And it comes out all that it's a big setup. He's heard of Murphy. He knows that Murphy and Dresden are a team. He's heard that she's, like, so into being a cop, which is concerning. It's one thing that Harry walks around being like, why do people even know I exist? That's weird. But the fact that the supernatural community is like, oh, this cop exists with Harry too. And Harry's still like, why do people even pay attention to me? It's like, yeah, and all your friends too, bro. (laughs) Probably be concerned about that. Maybe start taking some accountability because you're making your friends as famous as you're making yourself. Okay, so first of all, in the last book, they were having, like, coffee meetups while they watched Harry and all his friends, okay? No, I, so I re- get it. The <laughs> Reds absolutely did their fucking homework. And we're like, we know every single goddamn contact. 
and potentially the Reds share that information among all the vampires because there are reports to have been read about him. We don't know necessarily that the ones Laura read were made by the Reds, but still. We can assume that at least all the white vampires and the red vampires have gone and done their homework. I still would feel like the white council would be like, who gives a fuck who Harry Dresden talks to? Unless they're a bad guy, in which case, that guy's suspicious as hell. But I feel like they wouldn't care that Harry's hanging out with a cop or with Michael. They'd be like, who fucking cares? So, maybe Ivy's a gossip. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that definitely she's, goes against her job title. She, she's one of these people. She has to process it somehow, okay? Like some We already just, know she's to, not calling the FBI. You have to say this. it out loud. I think it not so much as I, I don't hook Harry and Murphy together so much in this. And I think it makes somewhat sense that they know about Murphy that, that Kincaid would be somewhat aware because... Of SI. SI is not just random cops. SI is the supernatural cop squad kind of a thing. So they're the ones, not all of their stuff is exclusively, but Murphy has popped up more often than not, right? You know, she took out a troll last summer on her own. Like, I would think that, again, in the supernatural circle, it would make you like, oh, these guys aren't just... These, these, this is one of the more effective people to be known. Mm-hmm. Cop, yeah, the, like these supernatural seem to actually take care of the supernatural shit. They're not running around with their heads cut off trying to figure out, you know, like they're actually learning and being effective and know, and they're a little bit on the scene. And then, yes, again, you know, she is often teamed up with Harry on his stuff or him on her stuff. So to me, it didn't seem super weird that he had. So like again, if you're in criminal or or stuff, you would know what the cops and shit are doing. Like I don't know. I still feel like that's a pretty big indication of, damn, you guys are being too loud. Making noise, yeah. It's like that Doctor Who moment when the doctor gets really fucking mad and he's like, you guys are so goddamn loud. You are constantly screaming at the universe every fucking day and you cannot handle what you are talking to. You should be grateful every day of your life that aliens don't come and introduce themselves because (laughs) they know you're here. They've been yelling for like 50 years now, okay? They get it. Be happy that they're treating you like a goddamn annoying mosquito right now. Yeah. Why? Well, yeah. I, sure. I feel like that's like Murphy and Harry and uh, Michael's slightly different. He's been drafted <laughs> in his own way. But I feel well, like Harry did not that have to. different s- protection there too. To a certain extent, Harry did not have to set up. I get most of it has been thrust against him. He didn't really actually want to. Yeah. But yeah, he yeah. kind of put himself out there. Yeah, and he <laughs> didn't have to put out the yellow pages ad. Right. You know. Yeah. What did he think was going to happen? I want a business. I didn't want this business. And again, SI exists with or without Harry, but they have become more successful because of Harry, which yeah. is allowing them to become more popular and aware and on the scene. And but I, I do still feel like okay. This is just more proof to the significance of what the hell you guys are doing and continue to do. Yeah, well, for sure. I mean, yes, I do get that point that, yeah, exactly. They're not completely, like, unknowns and whatever. And But, yeah. She was, you guys have a supernatural Wikipedia page, okay? That means something. <laughs> and, I mean, Kincaid is also the type, given his profession and his reputation and all that is... He's going to definitely look into who he's dealing with, too. So it, not necessarily in a, oh, I just randomly heard about you anyways. But as I was looking into you, these are the things that came up about your personality. And I get it. His main employer runs the Wikipedia. I get it. <laughs> but I, it's every single bad guy that we've already met and we ever will meet, okay? The werewolf FBI could look up whatever the fuck they wanted. They were totally aware of Murphy Marcone, obviously. He yeah. knows about everything happening in Chicago. And he pays off half the cops. So, of course, he's going to know about the cops he can't pay off. Yeah. And... And the angel people fallen, they do all their research, they know everything. And the vampires, they do all the research and they know everything. And now we've got supernatural body. He does this, he knows everything. If every single book, it's like, well, they do the research, okay? They're just the kind of person who does all the research. It's like, okay, I think the supernatural just 
you know, they've got a WhatsApp group, okay? They know everything. You <laughs> like, just need to accept that the bad guys are gonna always have done their homework, except for the occasional, like, random, like, frog troll shit accidentally being summoned in your basement. You should just assume you're on, you're out there in the world, okay? This isn't special that the bad guy, like, oh, well, this bad guy just does it. They all do their fucking homework, okay? Well, yeah, and if special investigations is there to deal with the special stuff, they're gonna know the person who's in charge of special investigations if they're doing an effective job, exactly. So, yes, she's not just some unknown... Book one shadow man who's just magicked himself onto the scene. Stop me. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I think this is a really effective scene to set up characters a little bit better. Like, I, I mean, it it t- shows Kim Kate is a bit of a sociopath because like his behavior is doing this. Is just like he's kind of doing it just for fun. Yeah, just for fun, like, just to test her, just to see if but she's it's actually a test. good. And she hands his ass to him, but yeah, at the same time, maybe he was letting her because it was all a test, right? Like, I don't know. I don't think he would have like let let her because again, but she she's no wasn't she's fighting. no good to him if he lets her win. Right, but I mean, yeah, he wasn't actually gonna shoot her in the middle of an IHOP or anything like that. But yeah, he, you know, she is able to, despite her petite stature, because they've already said that Kincaid's like over six feet two. He's not as big as Dresden, but you know, close. He, yeah, he is again one of these tall people, like most of the people. Over <laughs> so yeah, so it's like not only can she, you know, handle flinging him about a little bit, and she doesn't take his crap, and she doesn't lose focus, and she doesn't get all upset. You know, he's like, all right, yeah, you got the balls. I'm comfortable going in with you because, yeah, you're going to be. You can to- sit at the table. You can sit at the table. You can wash my back. You can handle yourself, right? You can put on the boots. You can put on the boots. She's got boots. She's wearing the boots. She is. Dare you. Literally. Double dog dare you. The motorcycle boots. Big motorcycle the motorcycle boots. boots. <laughs> and Harry continues to live up to his whole, I don't want to break the law, okay? No felonies, Kincaid. It's very good of him. I thought it was interesting that it wasn't just no felonies. It was like, until I like say so. <laughs> until I say so. In, okay, but in, we know how Dresden's plans go, okay? Those last minute plans are like, let's try not to do this. I, I, we're going yeah. to blow up downtown I'm, now. I'm not going to paint myself into a corner. I'm, you know, never say never, but. <laughs> Although Harry's swinging really low with being the boss, okay? Like, he can't even get his own assistant who's beholden to listen to him. And he's like, okay, Kincaid. Don't do it unless I say so. Just a mess. Just a total mess. I don't know. That was just sort of a weird... I mean, like, I guess it's like a bossly thing to do and it works, but it just was weird because he's like, if you have anything to say, Murphy, or he's just like, if you have anything to say to Kincaid, say it to me, I'm his boss. I'm like, I guess. That also just seems like a weird line to throw out there. It was awkwardly timed. No, I thought it was good. I was like, yeah, that's absolutely the facts. Like, you are the employer. You're in charge for all the damages, okay? I will say, though, the uh, in Kincaid's and Bob's behalf, if you've been alive for a couple hundred years, we don't know about Kincaid. He's human as you, whatever. Yeah. And then you've got this, like, a 27-year-old being like, don't do it. <laughs> Listen to me now. I would be like, okay, sure thing. All right. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. See? He said yes, sir. <laughs> exactly. Just the whole, and then the whole chivalrous thing. Yes. Trying try to stand. I chivalrous shenanigans. <laughs> right. It's wow, actually quite difficult to say. It is. Like, it doesn't count if you're just being a jackass and she just kicks on the shins. And then Kincaid is also like, my flight leaves at midnight tonight and I refuse to go at them after dark. Also, like, I don't know where you're flying, man, but the airport does just want you to be there for a couple of hours before your flight too, right? So I don't know. He's he can, good at setting boundaries. <laughs> he can creep out an entire IHOP. Security's just gonna be like, "Yeah, I'm not all right, man." <laughs> when do you think sundown is? Okay. Well, again, it's October. It's gonna be well before midnight. Seven-ish. I think it was getting full dark in October. Seven or eight-ish. Google says four thirty for full dark sun. Okay. Well, sundown, but then sundown. Just- yeah, not full dark. Sundown. Yeah. But you know. 
<laughs> yeah. That's not seven or eight. Yeah. Well, I was just trying to think of coming home from work, right? And it would still be sort of light when we left and like, but anyways, regardless. Yeah. And that does make perfect sense. And I, Because okay. we do know that the blacks are mega badass and don't want to give them a chance. But I think that Murphy's other point, like, you know, she's like, well, you don't care that people and he's like, people get hurt all the time. He's like, no, professionally, no, I don't really give a crap. You know, and I'm like, I, yeah, it's the asshole. It's the hard line. But it's also like. I do kind of get it because you have to admit here, Kincaid's got a, does 100% have more experience than you do here, Murphy. That's a dick attitude to have. It is kind of a dick attitude, but he does have a point of like, you don't want to mess with these guys after dark. Like, that is a suicidal time to go. Like, they're and, definitely opposite on the moral compass. Yeah, he's, he's doesn't, yeah. He's like, I'm here to do the job, whatever, blah, 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 blah. Exactly. He's like, eh, shit happens, shit happens. Whereas again, she's like, I'm here to protect the people. And Kincaid's like, these aren't my people. Like, great if we do, but if not, no, that is not his driving force. His driving force is who's paying me to do what. Of course, I, if, they, if they agreed, it'd be a really boring book. That too. Fairly, but I am more Team Murphy here because Kincaid obviously is a little bit more slighted to the good guys team, right? Even knowing what we know in the future about, in this book, whether or not he's always been hired by the good guy is one thing or another. But surely Ivy knows his entire history. Yeah. And so, surely it had to still be swayable enough that she was okay to contend with it and hire him. I would also have to say there's probably lots of gals because Kincaid's smart enough, there's no way he's having that shit written down. <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> but yes, I'm not going to say that Ivy doesn't know who Kincaid is. And right, like I still feel there has to be some like level like of our 49, there, 51%, so, you, know, you know, that, yeah. Just to the most limited degree of things. And I'm like, okay, dude, maybe you don't give a fuck. But if you are still, you know, allowing yourself to be hired by the good guys, more often, obviously, Ivy's technically neutral and Harry's, you know, wavering. And yeah, 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 but, yeah, yeah. You know. Exactly. He's not an out-and-out -out villain or anything like right? that. He's so more than like, happy to, to sell his services to whatever. Coming across, across pretty callous there, buddy. Yeah. And it is. And I think that is part of the point is is that it does sort of emphasize that Kincaid, again, right? Is he this purely vanilla? Because, again, humans are supposed to have empathy and sympathy. And this is, you know, Murphy's point, right? She's like, I do want to protect people regardless. You know, I'm like, yes, I want to take out the bad guys and however that works. But I want to try and protect what I can as well, since we know there's likely to be human beings somewhere around this vicinity or in the middle of the city, right? Whereas he's like, yeah, totally plays it out as that's absolutely not a concern to him one way or the other. And because it is, you know, for Harry, Harry's like, okay, yeah, we're going to make this a concern and play within these lines. But yeah, I mean, again, like I say, I, I, I'm on Murphy's side that way that again, it's compassionate human beings. We're like, dude, what the fuck? That's just again, whereas Kincaid is just like, I think that just drawing that line between them where he's like, all right, if that's what you want to do, that's what you want to do. But he's like, that is not my first and foremost priority. Right. Not even top 10 priorities. Yeah, it's like, it, it is if you tell me it is, but I have to go through 15 arms dealers a week to keep up with my gun supply. Yeah, right. <laughs> like One is definitely money oriented and the other one is definitely morality oriented. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So another big problem that it gets presented in this chapter. So... We know that the white court vampires and the red court vampires have no issue getting around in the daytime. They've got their, you know, meat suits or whatever, and they can go about and no. be active in the day. Reds, did you say? Yeah. Reds can't. Even if they're in their home? Hello, oh. Bianca and your pocket full of sunshine. And when he was confronting... Oh, I thought that she was still Kyle. operating in her house. She just couldn't touch the daylight. But like, I don't know. She was no, still and then when the day. Kyle, when he goes to rescue Lydia from Kyle and Kelly, he blasts out the window in the van. And he's I'm not him into saying the sunshine. outside in the world. But they can just be oh. awake at the day. Oh, 
Okay. And do well, you shit said in you, the day. So you basically said out and about during the day. So okay. the white vampires can go out in the day, but the red court vampires can still be awake. Okay. But it seems sorry. very typical that black vampires do spend the majority of the daytime actually sleeping, and that's how they regain their energy. Yes. Okay. So mm-hmm. I thought that yeah. they spend a lot more time sleeping. Yeah. With the exception that apparently some of the really powerful ones don't need to restore their energy banks quite that much. And I've heard that old people don't sleep as much. Don't necessarily need to be sleeping as much. Uh, Which would be bad enough on its own if Mavra's not sleeping. Fortunately, she also can do magic. Which we readers and Harry, we know that. Kind of sucks for Kincaid and Murphy who think that they're just vampire hunting and now they're also wizard hunting. Yeah. Well, yeah, first he's kind of sorceress, which Kincaid seems to be like, oh, that could be a problem. And then Murphy's like, well, what's the difference? So we get that little rundown. And then, yeah, that not just is just sorcerer level, which is kind of shadow man, one trick pony limited, but that she might be wizard level, which is above and beyond again. So this mission but, is heading down for downtown Fubar. Right? I didn't realize Fubar was an acronym. You didn't know that? I didn't know what the acronym I looked, is. I looked it up. Do you know what it is, Jess? Fucked up beyond all recognition. Yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't know that, and I did, I wouldn't have looked it up if it hadn't have been in all capitals in the book. Yeah, if it was Fubar. I've heard it like a bunch of times. Yeah, before. yeah, yeah. Not so much recently. No, it's not as it doesn't come but up as Fubar. much recently. But yeah, yeah. back in now, the well, now you know. Now, now you know. Yeah, it's it's not just playing. It's an acronym. Mm. <laughs> so yeah, that's rough. Fighting a wizard, not great. No. And you know, Kravos is the one that gave Murphy those nightmares and PTSD for so long. So and now to be like, okay, now that and a vampire. Yeah, that that was just a dude that could get. Now you got a monster to begin with, and a monster who now can do monsterish bad things as well. Oh, and, and an upper level Extra one monster. too. Yeah, the wizard. The, the the might just be a wizard. Yeah. Fuck. I recently read Carmilla, which is like the, the original. It inspired Dracula. Yeah. And she could go out and about in the daytime. It fatigued her. She couldn't go out for long, but she could still go out and about in the daytime. And I was like, oh, that's too much power for a vampire. Yeah, Bram Stoker right. was right to scale that back and give them limitations. <laughs> All right. All like, honestly, if the Carmilla version is the more accurate version of a vampire, it would have been so much easier back then because it's like, ah. Oh. I fainted again. I'm just so weak. Yeah. I must retire to the seaside now for 13 months. <laughs> no one bothered me while I run around the countryside killing people. Yeah, it's just like she would just faint every like 10 minutes. And they'd be like, that's just Carmilla. It's just what she does. She's just a very sickly person. <laughs> yeah, right. So Murphy suggests that Harry shuts Mavra's magic down. Which kind of ends up sounding, if it's it's dangerous if it doesn't work. And it's still really not really that effective against Mavra's other skills. You know, the whole, you know, super strong vampire part. Yeah. So yeah, he's like, I've seen that work. I've also seen it fail. <laughs> so you got to do it. You got to do it right. I like how he's in, you know, she's able to do that and her other stuff in closed courses. Might as well just have like some Bacardi and Strychnine. Does that really hide the taste? Does that like brings out the flavor? <laughs> so Harry, Harry mentions the arsenal of garlic crosses, uh, holy water in the works. And we get this really like kind of twofold. It's super sad, but I also think it's like from an author's point. So Murphy suggests bringing out the pocket full of sunshine, but Harry says it's impossible and he doesn't really give any explanation. So the first thing that it struck me as, besides what we find out later in the chapter, this strikes me as like the a, a butcher saying, let's make this more impossible for our main characters. Or, yeah. boy, that was really cool when I first did it, but now I regret it because it, now it's just too easy. Too, too easy. easy. Yeah, we can't just go in and flash must, them all and be done. Must There's... kaibosh this. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. But the, the finding out that like yeah. true mm-hmm. happiness can't fold sunlight into a hanky if you aren't truly happy. Damn, dude. Which I'm willing to say, you could hire somebody else that's happy to do it for you. 
Well, yeah, how does, this is Harry's point. How many other wizards of his skill level are around? Who's he going to hire? Who's happy? Go to his buddies on the They're council? All miserable bastards. Hey, Merlin, can you whip me up some sunshine? Sure, Oops. no problem, Harry. Almost like free therapy, though. It's just like every, like, month you go out and see if you can fold sunshine. You're like, <laughs> nope, not this month. Maybe next month. <laughs> I don't know if that's like free therapy. I mean, I think that might be. I know, it's like, like, like do I one. need it? I was going <laughs> to I cancel my sessions. <laughs> Am I happy yet? Am I happy yet? Over there. <laughs> happy, but. So they work out, but little they do work out because Kincaid kind of have the point. Really just breakfast. Yeah. Well, this is going to suck. Hmm. Well, he had food at least. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I guess he touched a little bit more on what Mauver can do, but exactly because he's like, we can't really plan anything unless we know where we are. Do we know where we are? Uh, I'm still working on it. And then, yeah, they didn't really work out so much of what other than Mauver's just extra scarier than you thought she might be. And yeah, and then Harry. Good information for them to have, but... Which is good information, but yeah. I mean, maybe Kincaid can do some prep for that, but yeah, that's mostly going to be Harry's responsibility. That's what he said. Oh, can, like, somebody else take her on? It's like a wizard, maybe. I don't know how fucking strong she is. Yeah. I don't know. I guess it's nice to update them, but they didn't really need It's setting up for the reader that it is a really no-win situation that they're going into. Yeah. Are the stakes high enough yet? Gives an opportunity for Kincaid and Murphy to meet before they're walking through the door and all this kind of stuff. Character development. Yeah. Yeah. And then just to to underline that point again of Harry owing a lot of money to uh, Kincaid, which we still don't know how much, but he can barely cover the breakfast bill only by digging out change from random pockets. Okay, just gives him a look. <laughs> like the general rule, if you're gonna go out and you can't afford the tip, don't go out. This is a part of my thing. I was like, why would you go invite everybody out for breakfast if you can't pay? Again? That would be my first thing. I'm like, do I have enough That's for just three a shitty people to order on your waitress? Krispy Kreme, let's go. Right. I, I always feel. I always sort of hope that like Murphy left her a little bit of a tip or something. You That's know? what I was thinking too. Murphy. You know, Murphy be like, I, you owe me ten bucks or whatever. You know, but that exactly that she wouldn't completely stiff the but. Uh, but of course, Kincaid's still there so she put money on the table she he would have been like we wink <laughs> <laughs> so a little bit quiet on the way back and then murphy finally takes the option to be like so what exactly happened to your car <laughs> like i like how she didn't ask the first time she got in it was like you know i'm i i've been pondering it and i just i it was nothing. that silent what? moment where she was just staring at everything going what the fuck yeah like why, Thomas, why am i sitting on a milk lara tank? and murphy are some nosy ass bitches <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. You don't hear the dog complaining. <laughs> you don't know. Maybe that's what he was growling at the first time. You're like, what the fuck is back here? You have me in <laughs> Mole demon. Okay, moving on. And she's having this morality moment where, again, she knows logically to deal with the vampires. This makes sense. They're going to just have to go in guns a-blazing. But her moral cop that not he knows. Not a big fan of vig- cowboy justice. And yeah, not this vigilante thing. She's like, That's not, I'm not a vigilante. I'm a fucking cop, right? So obviously can't, but we can. And so yeah, so she's wrestling a little bit that head and heart kind of a thing. And she, uh, oh yeah, then she asks him about the, the hanky thing. And he makes his little sad confession and she's just like, oh. <laughs> well, I guess I'll be at my family reunion for a while. <laughs> like, oh, awkward. Here's my pager. Yeah, here's my pager. And then she says, "This is a short family reunion. If it's just over a lunch, like, what are you, what are you so mad?" Yeah, I know a little bit, right? Every like, family reunion I've ever so been to is like the entire the weekend, whole day, weekend, weekend at yeah. least. Yeah. yeah. So, well, maybe that's it. Maybe this is just like this portion of it that she really wanted to avoid. Maybe she had excuses for like all the other things or whatever, but couldn't get out of like the day long. But yeah, it's she's fine with the bocce part, but you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. This is the, yeah. I, I oh, exactly. I was just like, is that just because like 
that's when she's relegating her time to it. Like, everybody else is going to be there from, like, 9 a.m. to, like, 9 p.m. And she's like, oh, I can skip out over lunch and come hang out, you know. But, yeah, she makes it sound kind of like a weird time. Like, exactly. Like, we're all thinking like that. Like, normally it's the whole fucking weekend. Like, but... Well, other way out, she does say that the crucial T minus two hours and counting down, which apparently triggers all of Dresden's brain cells at once into action. So we are at about 10 a.m. He asked Murphy about the the two deaths in California, and she goes to grab the files from her car, which made me kind of wonder. I'm like, does she leave her car there, or is this like a a police cruiser that she's leaving files in? Because she drove it up in her motorcycle. Yeah, I never once thought of the police cruiser, which I guess is a possibility, but I've never once seen her. Anywhere Murphy's on scene, she's pretty much always had her car. But yeah, same thing. I'm like, so she left her car at work to come in with the motorcycle? Is that very impractical? Like, it's, yeah. Strange. Wouldn't you have, yeah. How did you get home again if you left your car here? Even stranger, though, is that Murphy hands over all the files to Jess and doesn't look for the one sheet You're that she civilian. needs. Totally, like, in front of the cameras. You're just like, here yeah. you go. <laughs> the cameras do. IA's done investigating me. It's fine. We're not talking about illegal vampire stuff anymore. This is legit cop business. <laughs> right? <laughs> I was just like, that was the part where I was just like, okay, fish out the one page you need, but you're handing over whatever the hell you want. It's like, la, 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 la. Well, she doesn't know what he needs. He's like. <laughs> okay, but like. It's like, what, she's going to flip through it? Yeah. Still, this is, it's one thing to have a consultant. You're not actually supposed to just hand over all your case files. To them. They're supposed to hand their information to you. I mean, granted, she's not officially working on this case, right? So this is just size. This is stolen evidence <laughs> she's handing out. She really can't talk her way out of it. This is this is mostly awesome. Okay, anyone could get this information out of a newspaper. The time of death, sure. Not everything in that file. Okay, no, but this was this was mostly the stuff that exactly Harry just couldn't access the internet, so it wasn't even specifically needing her super cop things. It was stuff that he just legitimately. So you know, a lot of it could be just exactly public information. Harry just didn't have the time or. Or means to access. He just didn't have time to look it up the hard way in the library. But yeah. Anyways, so yeah. What, just, he, what has he discovered, people? Uh, <laughs> Malachia was in a timer set for 13 minutes before noon or 13 minutes before midnight. Yeah. And that the that this means the killer is using ritual magic and has a sponsor. Not a corporate one. <laughs> Twice a no, day. No. 13 minutes before midnight. That's a pretty specific time. This is some pretty magical shit going on. I think this gotta work, right? You've got that whole like like midnight thing is always right, and then you've got the thirteen. That's how thirteen was for like diffusing magic, and that's why Macinelli says thirteen. Oh, stuff. yeah, certainly for breaking up the it pattern. Breaks it up, it but makes it chiller. It's but a, for it's, a lot. A lot of people also have like the right. Like, there's no number thirteen ever in an elevator because it's bad luck, right? So they just started skipping the thirteenth floor. Bad luck for the Templars, right? Mm. So, you know, I don't know. I guess it works both ways. It, it's, it is and it isn't. And it's it, the power you give it to. The power you give it. And the whole, yeah. They believe 13 is their power number. Mm-hmm. Right? So. Mac knows otherwise. So, yes, twice a day. I just read something the other day, too. I haven't done the math, so I don't know if it's accurate. But it was like, we should have, it was some little meme thing, but it's like we should have like a 13-month calendar because then oh, everything would too. be 28 days and it would all be like, oh, so why why don't we have this? Why do we have like, then Interesting. You have, like, what was it? You wouldn't have to have a leap year? You wouldn't have to have like, leap years. It was just like everything would work perfectly. Yeah. And like, a lot of ultra- other cultures have a 13-month calendar. Yeah, every day was done on a Sunday and every day would end on a Saturday. Or some Month. No. Week. No, I was like, was it? Yes. Monday and a Sunday. Every single. But yeah, every, yeah, everything, yeah, 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 everything was started on Sunday and whatever. And yeah, 
But yeah, it's just kind of crazy. So I was like, that is interesting. Why didn't we end up with that then when they, I don't know. So it's 10.30. He's got to hurry up if he's going to beat this next one before it comes in at like quarter to 12. And Murphy's got to go work for a couple of hours before she can ditch out to her reunion. So, so yeah. Sorry, mom. I don't have time to come for our lunch. I'm just so busy. Oh, really? Because when your uncle saw you at IHOP this morning. <laughs> yeah, right. Run, 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 man. This concludes our episode 12.16, Murphy, Warrior Princess. Thank you for listening. You can find us online at freeflowrambling.com and mackinallies.ca. There we have links to our other podcasts, social media, and other fun tidbits. Please subscribe if you like what you're hearing, and please consider supporting us through Patreon to keep the magic alive and miss some more content. We are Free Flow Rambling, underbite at your own risk. Thank you.